Hello. Hi. Hello. So, um, a couple of weeks ago, the Beetlejuice episode, we talked about collections and we sort of touched on how I own a lot of graphic novels. The majority of my graphic novels are actually the most sort of well-known Batman stories, like Death in the Family and uh, uh, Death of the Family, the No Man's Land arc and and Nightfall, um, you know. So, um, I, I just wanted to sort of talk a little bit about what is it that pulls us towards superheroes and dark superheroes right because i know that you also own some graphic novels yeah um and uh you know what is it about an anti-hero uh that is so compelling and makes us root for them the thing that pulls me to superheroes obviously is the escapism and, and the fact that you know we don't have those um but the the dichotomy between and these are the most compelling superheroes for me right so on the Marvel side of things, for me, the most compelling is Spider-Man, right? Because mm-hmm. Spider-Man is, in essence, one of... He, he suffers quite a lot, you know? The, the, the best Spider-Man stories are where Peter Parker and Spider-Man's lives sort of collide, right? Those those two meeting points. Um, and the more Spider-Man is, is sort of successful and the more time he spends in the suit, the more his personal life and, and professional work life suffer, right? It feels like Peter Parker can't catch a break. Right. And that is compelling to me because if bad things are happening to me, that's a paralytic, right? I I can't, I don't want to keep going. I, I want to crawl into my bed and just, you know, sleep. Um, whereas it, it, it's compelling to me and, and even in some ways inspiring to, and I know they're not real, but like, you know, to see, to see these characters sort of keep going. Now with Batman, it's sort of a, the quintessential traumatic struggle of night after night trying to do some good and not making any headway but continuing because you've got ideals and you must right mm-hmm. and he's extremely flawed right the the flawed um sort of uh qualities of the character will will always bring me back you know the, the way that but because there's always those little flickers right in in the you bought me the graphic novel of uh, bruce wayne murderer fugitive you you bought me fugitive, but right. it, the one before that is murderer, mm-hmm. um, where you know supposedly Bruce Wayne has killed Vesper Fairchild, uh, a reporter, mm-hmm. um, who he had a, a romantic relationship with, and there's this whole thing where you know he's in prison and you know he sort of sheds the Bruce Wayne persona and he says you know Bruce Wayne has outlived his usefulness. I'm now Batman. There is no Bruce Wayne, and all of his you know proteges are all like in the Batcave, and he and uh, Dick Grayson come to blows and they start fighting in the Batcave and punching the hell out of each other because you know I, I think that Dick Grayson's like really fed up with this you know you you're, you you're so shit you're so shit and you treat us like shit and we're trying to help you you won't even deny deny that you did this right and he's saying i shouldn't have to deny that i did this you know i didn't kill someone especially with a gun um but he doesn't say that to them in that moment and then in the next you know part of that story which is fugitive where he he comes clean to them that he didn't handle this in the best way and he shows himself to be very human those moments that's where that meets me right where where i can see the flaw and 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 he sees it and it comes together so for me the 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 reason that the majority of graphic novels that i own are batman stories is because i feel that he is the most relatable somehow 
even though he's not relatable at all in in the sense of the villains that he fights and the trauma that he's gone through. And the fact that he's a millionaire. And the fact that he's a millionaire. millionaire. But those things don't matter because on, on that human level of, you know, he's, he's, he's not infallible. He's not... You know, he he's uh, not he's not Superman. Yeah, yeah, he's not Superman. I find it very hard to connect with Superman because he's just virtuous and perfect and always, right. you know, the true American hero. Um, so I just wondered, like, what is it, you know, about the anti-hero story? Well, I that... think that the um, the more identifiable a character, the more uh, the more they you 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 want to immerse yourself in them. Yeah. There's a uh, there's an element of wish fulfillment which is the playboy side of Bruce Wayne. He's got endless amounts of money. He's got the, the cool car. That's the fantasy, right? All of the girls. And the gadgets. Yeah, the girls and the gadgets and all that kind of stuff. Um, which is, by the way, the same reason that uh, the people identify with James Bond as well, because mm-hmm. James Bond is not identifiable in any way, shape, or form in, in, in that respect. But, um, but you have that sort of wish fulfillment fantasy side of things. Um, and it's the reason why Daniel Craig's Bond is, uh, is so successful, because he is fallible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and in the same way, Batman is, uh, uh, you know, there's a darkness in him, and he's almost crossing the line all the time. And, um, and it's that idea of, uh, there's a darkness in me, and would I be able to suppress it in this situation in the same way that this character does? Um, that there's a and and the same way of Spider-Man as well. Spider-Man is just a kid, and uh, he leads a normal life. Uh, and you know the the wish fulfillment side of things gets in the way of his normal life and and throws a spanner in the works. Um, so I think that as a viewer his or sense a reader, of, his sense of honor and responsibility outweigh his his selfish needs right. for gratification in his personal but occasionally he does uh give in to the selfishness of uh and and that affects his spider-man life which is is basically how we all operate on a day-to-day because you know if we want to have a relationship if we want to get married if we want to you know put our feet up and relax a little bit we don't have the weight of the world on our shoulders that say that says you can't do that because you know your loved ones will be in danger etc etc so it's very interesting to um in the same way that science fiction can comment on the current state of the world you're taking something that's fantastical and you're placing it in a real world context and then yeah. you and then as a viewer or as a um as a reader you're you're going you're imagining the what if of it yeah and sort of applying it to your own life yeah um i'm constantly fascinated by by the traumatic elements of of bruce wayne's uh childhood it permeates um the the air in in you know, in, in, in all of the stories and every time he loses an ally or every time he loses someone, it's a, it's yet another failure of his. Right. And yet another, um, you know, uh, another sort of loss on the tally, you know, these people who, who I lost to, to violence, uh, for Batman. And, and that's extremely compelling for me to see him soldier on and continue and, and to continue to want to, stop them that the villains from from continuing this uh this cycle of violence but he is himself contributing to that cycle of fear and violence so it's it's just very interesting to me and just wondered if you if you agreed and had similar thoughts on it yeah very good <laughs> <laughs> so uh sorry about that boring intro uh, should, should we uh, i mean uh uh, uh pre bit no i mean the cold open roll the intro What's our seat number? 
Hello and welcome to What's Our Seat Number, the show where we smear clown paint on our faces, dance about to Prince and ask, where does he get those wonderful toys? You are listening to the delightfully wacky tones of Simon Gross, slightly nasal, a tad high-pitched, but entirely foxy. With me as my co-host and movie-going soulmate, the umbrella to my penguin, the scratched-up penny to my two-face, the rise to my dark knight, and the nipples on my batsuit, it's obviously Johnny Gross, a filmmaker and Batman t-shirt owner. Hello, Johnny. Hi there. <laughs> Very good. So after that wonderful intro, we're, uh, <laughs> we're going to get to uh, some nitty of the gritty, uh, because we're not watching a movie today, but we're going to be talking about more Batman, more Batman movies, Batman comics, Batman animated series, Batman... Uh, toys, Batman, uh, video games, the whole thing, all Batman. It's all um, Batman. It's all, all Batman the all the time. Batman, Batman, Batman. Only here on What's Our Seat Number. Um, <laughs> but before we do that, we're going to play the mystery envelope game. On the table in front of you is a mystery envelope, which I shall slide towards you. Does not sound like a packet of tissues because I forgot to put an envelope on the table this morning. And uh, we're going to start the quiz, but first I'd like to engage you in prizes. You, yes you, have the opportunity to win our patented What's Our Seat Number Haunted Children's Books. With a wide range of books in multiple genres, you can not only read your children the very best of Curious George, you could also be chased out of your house and killed by a psychotic newspaper hat-wearing killer monkey brandishing an electric whisk with a view to dragging you into his storybook from hell. Oh, the places you'll go when Sam I Am drags you into his babbling conveyor belt of nonsense from where you shall be forced to rhyme until your eyebrows fall off. Get yours here only at What's Our Seat Number, the podcast. Oh, <laughs> excellent. I'm so excited. Because <laughs> all you need is more creepy things that your children can own that can scare you in the middle of the night. <laughs> right. So in today's quiz, it's going to be very short, and I believe that these answers are attainable. Okay. okay. I believe. You believe. So let's start the quiz. Question one. Who is credited with creating Batman? Bob Kane. Yes, indeed. And ding, 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 ding. Bill Finger. Bill Finger. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Ding, 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 ding. Two. What is Man Bat's alter ego's name? Oh, I know this. I know I you do. do. I do know this. I do know this. Langstrom. Yeah. First name. I'll, g- I'll give you the point anyway, but first name? Doctor. Langstrom. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very sneaky. Oh, come I'm going to give you that one. Okay. You're going to get a ding, ding, ding. Um, Kirk. Langstrom. Kirk, damn it. Three. What was Bathound's name? Bathound. If you've ever seen Batman Beyond. I haven't. Never seen Batman Beyond. You've seen Batman Beyond Return of the Joker? Uh, once, maybe. Shit. I never really connected with Batman Beyond. I don't know why. It's brilliant. Give it another chance. I'll it's give it Paul Dini. Chance. It's wonderful. <clears throat> um, okay. But the name of Bathound is Ace. The dog Ace. Who was the Earth 2 daughter of Batman and Catwoman? Now, this is, this is a little bit of an obscure one I'll give you, but it's a character who was in the Birds of Prey TV show, which I know that you and I watched a couple of episodes together when it was on originally... Um, do you know it? No, I can guess. You can guess. Okay, so guess. So who was in Birds of Prey? Barbara Gordon. Barbara Gordon, yeah. Um, I believe it was... Selena... No. So, so in the show, her last name was Kyle. Mm-hmm. But in the, in, in this context, her last name is Wayne. And her name begins with H. 
I don't know. Helena Helena Wayne. I wouldn't know. No. Um, which of the following characters did Bruce Wayne have a son with? A. Catwoman. B. Talia Al Ghul. C. Vesper Fairchild. Or D. Vicky Vale. It's Talia Al Ghul. Yes, it is. Well done. For extra points, can you tell me the name of the child? Oh shit! This um, is a this is a Robin. Yeah, I know. Oh, I remember. I remember. I'll I... give you one clue. Ready? Six six six. Oh, Damien. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, this is an easy one. Who killed Jason Todd? The Joker. What is Mr. Freeze's wife's name? Nora. Yep. Who first replaced Batman when he was paralyzed by Bane? Azrael. Azrael. Well done. Hey. Well done. That was fantastic. Okay. I am going to give you your haunted books. Oh, yay. <laughs> Enjoy not sleeping anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good, Johnny. Well done. Thank you. There's a few in there that I there's no way I would have gotten, but uh, I I feel that these are not unattainable. Like I felt like, like I mean, some of Batman these are, Beyond and Earth Two are not. Uh, yeah, no, I I thought that maybe because of Birds of Prey, because we did watch it, that maybe you'd remember that her name uh, was Helena. If at we least. watched it, it would have been a long time ago. It was a long time ago. ago. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I I was actually counting on the fact that you'd watched um uh Batman Beyond. Because you had DVDs of, of Batman I had Beyond. one DVD of it. I had the uh, the Bat- Return of the Joker. You also had um, you had you got it from a friend or something. Yeah, but you had uh, some it. some episodes. Yeah, uh, which I watched right. uh, during the summer of of my high school experience, which was really good. Mm. You have a little something for us, don't well, you? Thank you very much uh, for that. That was that was very entertaining. Thank you. Um, riddle me this. Mm-mm. My first half can follow skin, price, or toe, oh, and my second can follow fishing, zip, or under. What the fuck is this? This is a riddle. I'll I know, say it but again. that's not fair. I'm not Batman. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. I'm not clever. My first half can follow skin, price, or toe. Johnny, this is not. This is not my forte. And my second skin. can follow fishing, zip, or under. You're looking for the second word. So let me let me let me help you out. No, no just give, give me a minute. Do you want me to help you out? Okay. Skin, tag, Ugh, okay. price, tag, price tag, or toe tag. Okay. Now see if you can get the second half. I thought maybe it was toe tag, like in a in a in a morgue, but I thought yeah, that yeah. was maybe a little a little no, no, dark. No, that, no, that's what it is. Okay, it is. so the other one is fishing line. Uh, what was the other? What were the other zip words? zip line and under un- underline. Yeah. Okay, so tagline. Oh, it's the tagline game! It's the tagline game! Johnny, I'm not clever enough for this sort of thing. You can't drop that sort of thing on me, and everybody's going to know now that I'm really, really stupid. I just can't. It's not... I mean, everybody knew already, but it just sort of underlines it. Ah! I thought I was being really clever. You were, you were, but you have to remember that when you're being clever, I don't have the capacity for such. Okay? Okay. So this week's tagline game is going to be slightly different. I, I, I have... love how how you like making me look stupid on this podcast. I did not. I, you enjoy I really it. Thought you were going to get it because you give me way too much oh credit. <laughs> okay, so the tagline game it has this to be week... it has to be like Joey level. It has to be like not cat but rabbit. Okay. Um, <laughs> this week's tagline game is slightly different. We have seven Batman movies. If you're able to cut around that to make me seem less dumb, that'd be great. But whatever, do it. Do what you gotta do. We have seven Batman movies, and you have to match the tagline to the correct Batman movie. Oh no! Oh no! Okay. 
Okay. Easier if they're written down and I can just sort of like, you know, draw lines to them like a child on a child game thing. Like, but whatever. Okay, go on. Oh, I should have done that for you. But the viewers... With a crayon. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it with a crayon. The viewers wouldn't be able to see it, right. so it doesn't really help. Okay. okay. <clears throat> I have shuffled them all up so you don't know which is which. Here we go. This summer, evil fears the night. Okay. Half a face and some riddles ain't nothing for the night. Hope is lost. Faith is broken. A fire will rise. Okay. Justice is always darkest before the dawn. Okay. Welcome to a world without rules. Mm-hmm. Strength now, courage always, family above all. And above Gotham looms its greatest hero. And that one has a second tagline that's going to reveal it um, if, you, if you get stuck. So the first one. This summer, evil fears the night. Um... Okay, there are a couple that I know for okay. sure. So, so let's me, let's let me, run through okay. them, and, and the ones that I know, I'm going to say the, the All right, thing I'll give for, you the, and then we'll, we'll, okay. we'll cross those out, okay? Okay. Let's do this uh, in a, a very orderly manner. A pen yes. above you right there, yeah. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> this summer, evil fears the night. Okay, so we'll come back to that one, because okay. I have an idea. Half a face and some riddles ain't nothing for the Batman night. Batman forever. Correct. Hope is lost, faith is broken, a fire will rise. I want to say the Dark Knight Rises. Correct. Okay. Justice is always darkest before the dawn. The Dark Knight. No. No! Oh, that is so fucking unfair! That is incorrect. Damn it! Justice is always... Darkest, darkest before, the dawn. before the dawn. Okay, we'll come back to that one. That's probably an illusion... Like, it's, it's alluded to then by the... By the Dark Knight. Like, that's probably what it's referencing. But okay, okay go, go on. Keep Welcome going. to a world without rules. Welcome to a world without rules. Okay. Okay. Strength now, courage always, family above all. Do you want to say, like, Batman and Robin? Correct. Okay. Above Gotham looms its greatest hero. It's very generic, but if I give you the second tagline, you will know which film this is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so can we do the ones that I haven't done yet? So there was... Uh, this the, summer, Evil this Fears summer, the Night. Evil Fears the Night. Maybe Batman Begins? Correct. Okay. Very good. What else haven't I done? Okay. Justice is always... Darkest Before the Dawn. Okay. And what's left? There's okay. another one, right? There's another two, there. two. Another two. Welcome to a world without rules. Welcome to a world without rules. Okay. And above Gotham looms its greatest hero. So what we haven't done is Batman, Batman Returns, and, uh, and The Dark Knight. Correct. Right, so... Above Gotham... So, maybe Welcome to a World Without Rules would be The Dark Knight. Correct! Okay. Very good. You're gonna break your one rule. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've just got to figure out which one of these is Batman and which one is okay. Batman Returns. Yep. So, maybe... Um, Justice is always Darkest Before the Dawn. That one could be Batman Returns. Or no, sorry. That one would be Batman and the other one would be Batman Returns. Correct. Okay, no, Very that good. was my, my brain was like, so, no, no, no. They would use that one first. Oh, you got it. You got it all. Um, Above Gotham looms its greatest hero as Batman Returns. And the alternative tagline was the bat, the cat, and the, the penguin. penguin. <laughs> Very good. You win a, um, a haunted chestnut. That was the tagline game. Hey. <laughs> okay. So. I love I love that you made a riddle. I love that you did that. <laughs> it, it's so on, on theme, and it's wonderful. But you've got to remember that I am an idiot. 
<laughs> and that there is very little IQ here beyond the ability to sometimes draw something that looks like something. You're selling yourself short. Because, I'm really because, not. No, you are. Because every time you, you say that, like after the fact, you go, oh, I was thinking tag, but then I thought it might have been... You're second guessing yourself. No. You did, I, you did, you did solve riddles, it. With riddles, I'll tell you what happens with riddles, right? Is and this is this is a real thing. This isn't this isn't me, you know, just for cartoony effect. I hear a riddle, and there are lots of moving parts, and part of my brain is going, you know, like Batman, like okay, let's figure this out, right? Um, but then the part of my brain that is real goes, nope gonna step out for my break you deal with this and i'll be back when this ordeal is over and it steps out and then i'm that's what i'm saying is that's what i'm saying is that you you second guessed yourself but your instinct was correct and you did solve it batman instinct yeah indeed um so yeah that was lovely thank you very much yeah uh the tagline game i like the idea of like next time can i have like a little worksheet with like crayons (laughs) (laughs) i can draw the lines what's your next thing or do you want to move on to crazy casting with k's uh let's do crazy casting with k's i feel like the games are fun the games are fun okay so here we are crazy casting with k's okay so uh this week we are talking about Various Batman movies, and I and I will tell you the name of the Batman movie that I'm talking about to make it a little bit easier. Okay. Okay. So for Batman, this replicant and secret man was originally cast as Vicky Vale, but had to pull out when she injured herself falling off a horse in prep for a scene at Wayne Manor. This replicant and secret man was originally cast as Vicky Vale. She was also up for the role of Catwoman, but lost out to Michelle Pfeiffer. Replicant. Yes. Like Blade Runner? Yes. What's her name? It's gone. It's disappeared. It's completely... I know. I can see her. Yes. I can't... Listen, pet dick. Oh, please. Oh, fuck. No, I can see her. I can... I must get that. I, I I don't remember her name, but can I have the it's, point because I remember her? Can um, I have a, a clue? A hint? Or, I'm, I mean, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you a clue. Okay. Her first name is uh, is a dude's name. And uh, she shares it with a Bond actor. Her second name um, implies age. Oh, 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 oh um, uh, Sean, Sean. Yes. Young. Sean yeah, Young. There you go. Wow. It was in there. It, it, no, I know. You know. The, it was the, in so, there. So like Linda Blair, right? <laughs> right? It was in there. You just wow. had to coax it Two out Two weeks it. later and you're still on Linda Blair. I'm sorry, Pot Kettle Black. Are you still... Are you over No Time to Die yet? That was... Different, right? It was... It was one set of rules for you and another set of rules for everyone else. Oh, man. It's like... It's it's those things where you know it. It's there and you just have to coax it out of its cage like a very bad-tempered badger, right? Just like, you know, come on. I I got the badger out of its cage. Thank you. Sorry. Okay. okay, So next one. So Sean Young almost played Vicky Vale and almost played Selena Kyle. I didn't know that. Yep. Um... Apparently, if I'm, I'm, re- I'm thinking about, I'm remembering this off the top of my head. Apparently, she went into audition for Catwoman because she missed out on Vicky Vale, and she jumped up on the desk and purred mm. uh, for the casting director. And uh, apparently, I said, "This woman is nuts." Oh dear, what a shame. <laughs> um, the, okay. the thing that did it for me was you said it's a dude's name and it's a Bond. Yes, that's. I was like, oh, it's it's Sean. I know it's Sean. I know yeah. that's her name, and I couldn't remember her last name. Sean. Yeah, okay. This lethal weapon was cast as Chase Meridian, 
She mm-hmm. also likes art thieves and Shylocks, but don't cross her. Her son's a Norse god. Oh, I know this as well. <laughs> Bollocks. One more time. This lethal weapon was cast as Chase Meridian. She also likes yeah, art yeah. thieves and Shylocks, but don't cross her. It's, her it's son's a, a it's Norse again, god. Again, the name's gone, but the, the face is like right there in front of me. Okay. The uh, the lead character in LOLO's name is... René. René... Um... I, I know it. I know it. I swear okay. I know it. Right. Just give it to me. Forget okay, it. it's, it's Rene Russo. Damn fucking dick, fucking tits, piss, wank, and ass fuck. Okay, okay. I know. I knew that. You're gonna you're gonna get the next one. This sure. is uh... we think, but you never know when it's gonna rat away into a little hole. Like, oh, nope. This actress auditioned for Selena Kyle in The Dark Knight Rises, but clearly the producers were disinclined to acquiesce to her request. Okay, Kira Knightley, but there was okay. no way that I wasn't gonna get that one. Damn right. it, fucking 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 Rene Russo. I knew that. Okay. For Batman and Robin, yeah, he believes the truth is out there, but in the end, he wasn't cast as as Batman in Batman and Robin, probably for the best. David Duchovny? Correct. You're joking. <laughs> no. Amazing. Okay. No, not. And that's all I have for crazy casting with, with Kate. Ugh, the Renee Russo. Damn, I'm so annoyed with myself. And I will see you again with Trivia Corner later on in the show. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, lovely. Thank you very much. Um, so we have a lot of, um, categories and, and groups, uh, of, of Batman that we'd like to talk about today. And rankings. Uh, and, and rankings things, and whatnot. Yeah. I think that the best thing I to said do... rankings with an R. Rankings. Why did I say wankings? No, but no. I just, <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Um, very good. Very but wise. But now we've actually said wankings, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> very wise. I don't know. You never know when it's going to just slip out. Um. That's what she <laughs> <Hey>! said. <laughs> Um, oh dear. Yes. You remember that conversation I had with you in the kitchen a few weeks ago? I do, and it's uh, it's, it's not my fault. You're no, it's who... it's it's gone down to the gutter. It's it's down there now. Stop listening to this podcast. It's not worth <laughs> your time. Just turn it off now. So, um, do you want to start with um, with uh, like early early Batman, like thirties Batman, forties Batman, or? Or do you want to go straight to the 60s TV series? I want to go straight to the 60s TV series. So let's talk about the 60s TV series one second. Diddly diddly doo. There we go. <laughs> can you actually put one of those in? I, I can. I'm not sure we might be sued, but uh, we'll be fine. What are your memories of the 60s TV so series and very, the movie? It's, it's, it's mostly the movie. Um, I, I watched it, <laughs> I watched it um, a decade ago with, uh, with some friends. Um, and there's that whole scene at the beginning where they're sort of trying to solve the Riddler's riddles. And it's like, rushing people? Russians, right? <laughs> uh, just how they get it precisely, Robin. And then, <laughs> you know, I don't remember what the riddle is, but he says uh, that the answer is a ballpoint banana. Precisely, Robin, you know? And then, well, obviously. And then, he goes, <laughs> and then he says, someone Russian is going to fall on a banana peel and, and break their neck. Exactly, <laughs> and I was like watching it. And we were just we were losing our shit. We were laughing so hard. It's just like the 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 strange circles that that went in. Just like it t- took it to a really weird place. So the the series is very silly. It's very very silly. Yeah. Um. But Adam West is uh, God. Miss Kitka. He was a really good Bruce Wayne, and I also thought that his um. One of my favorite things about the series is how they go down to the Batcave, that he opens up a bust 
and, yeah. and presses a button and a door opens and then he goes down they go down the thing and, and obviously it's silly that they yeah. they end up in their costumes by the time they get to the bottom of the pole um, but uh, I find I always found that to be really really cool and then they 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 hearken back to it to that in uh, in uh, Batman Begins at what point um just just the fact that there's a secret door oh, uh, right. in in the study that they sort of press the the, the well, piano that's carried keys. over also from uh from returns uh how does he get down in in returns there's a uh there's a model of wayne manor in a fish tank and he reaches oh, yeah, in he reaches in and presses, and presses a, button. a button yeah yeah i i love those i, I it might be a little bit cartoony but yeah. i love those even Batman Forever, mm-hmm. where um, you know he 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 just goes he sits down in his chair in in Wayne Enterprises and he goes chair and then you know goes down yeah. this uh, this uh, this chute that leads him down to the Batcave somehow. It's just really cool. So I like and and I was disappointed that that was missing in uh, in um, the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. Anyway. Yeah, but in Batman Moving Begins, on. it's a it's like a like it's a, a couple piano. of keys on the he piano. He presses a yeah. couple of off keys that you wouldn't play together or one after the other. Right, and uh, there's like a glass, um, you know, display case that then opens up, <laughs> and they get to a little, um, you know, shaft that's like an elevator that goes down into the back. Here. Right. Um, so so yeah, I, I really like the bust in the sixties show. Right. In the uh, in the sixties show, um, he's very much he's not like a, a vigilante. He's very much working for the commissioner. Yeah. They have the red phone. They have the red phone, and uh, they always call him whenever you know one of the rogues gallery turns up and and whatever. Um, I think the sixties TV show was like my first exposure to Batman. Yeah, um, I, I remember seeing it at the grandparents' house. Um, yeah, and and the the theme tune, obviously the Batman. So that that would have been my first exposure, and I remember um, being with uh, like a friend's mum collected us from uh, from school once. Mm. And you remember, like, um, used to walk down uh, a few yards from the school, and you uh, you ended up at like uh, a row of shops. Yeah, and one of them was a newsagent. And uh, and we went into the newsagent, and uh, and the friend's mum said to me, "Pick something. You can have anything you want—a magazine, nice. a comic, whatever." And uh, and I chose a Batman comic. Mm. And I was little; I must have been like eight, mm. seven or eight, something like that. And the comic in question uh, contained—it uh, was the the Obia Man. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. And um, and a lot of like Joker violence. It was a this very. This was the the Tim Drake um, era. This must have been after because Obia Man uh, killed uh, Tim Drake's parents. So it was it was quite frightening and, and quite it. violent, and I'm not sure I realized that when I got it. Right. And um, so that was my other exposure to Batman. That I think I think I was um, I was I was very familiar with the TV show. I'm not sure if by that point I had seen the 1989 movie. I'm not. Yeah. This could have been. Uh, <clears throat> this could have been uh, a little bit before or after that. I'm not sure. Um, and there was the TV show that didn't start until the animated series didn't start until '92. Yeah. So this could have been before that. So um, so that was I think my first exposure to dark Batman. Yeah. Um, and I and I was scared. <laughs> I was scared of it. Right. Um, so yeah. And then I remember. Uh, Batman 1989 premiering on BBC One, and there was the uh, remember the BBC One Globe? Yeah, they used to spin 
And they used to say, now on BBC One, uh, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson star in the blockbuster comic book movie Batman. Be advised, parental guidance for some scenes may be unsuitable for younger children or whatever. Um, And it was Christmas. So they had all the, you know, all the the Christmas stuff and the snowing and all that that kind of stuff. And this one was like uh, the bat symbol instead of the the number one inside the globe. And it was the, uh, I think it was the... um, the bit where the uh, like that they'd taken a still of when the bat the bat plane goes up in front of the moon, mm. um, and I vividly vividly remember that. And I remember our father telling me that this is it's very adult, it's rated fifteen, you can't watch it, and blah blah blah. And I remember watching it through my fingers, and being really really scared yeah. of Jack Nicholson's Joker. It was very violent, it was very dark, and I was not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was uh, that's sort of like my I, I think my first uh, exposures to Batman in various stages of mm-hmm. my childhood, uh, and then obviously there was the animated series which I was absolutely which was I think my on. first sort of exposures right. and the. Uh, Batman Adventures comic that you had. Yeah, so uh, the Batman Adventures comic, for those who don't know, was a tie-in to the animated series. It was drawn in the style of the yeah. animated series, and it was, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the stories were written by uh, by Bruce Timm or or Paul Dini, who uh, who were responsible for the animated series. And um, and it was just great. I I loved it. I used to lap it up. I used there were there were these really like like thin um, uh, weekly comic books or monthly comic books. I can't remember what they were. Weekly, weekly. Uh, and they were I think twenty four pages each. And they uh, and I I just used to read them over and all, over all and over and over again. I recently bought all the omnibuses up. I know. And I I read incredible. I reread them. You lent yeah. them to me. It was it was really a nostalgia trip for me. Yeah. But that but the, what struck me is how good they are yeah um i mean obviously the uh the the graphic novels of you know the the long halloween and the killing joke and and all that stuff are, are very a brilliant you know frank miller um and alan moore and uh you know the and the the dark knight returns etc etc but tim, um tim sale uh, tim wrote, sale um, the long halloween and uh right and dark victory um and the uh and these comics were a little bit i, I wouldn't say kid oriented i would say that they're a little bit lighter yeah but they uh they retain the general atmosphere of the of the uh animated series while at the same time amping it up up just a little bit yeah and doing things in the comic book that they couldn't have done in the animated series because it was aired on on saturday mornings for kids yeah um so uh so i i always really appreciated that and i uh and i think that um i i own mainly um, those I, I own a few different Batman uh, graphic novels and comics, but those are, are, are like the pride of my collection. I really love those. Yeah, you also own Identity Crisis, which is a, I do. a very. It's not a Batman story per se, but it is. It is very much a Batman story. Like so there are I, Batman, yeah. Batman central elements that are that is. I I think one of. I'm really annoyed I gave it back to you because <laughs> for a while there we were. I I had you convinced that it was mine, and then I just sort of went. It's yours. There's a dedication in the front that's to you from a friend. Here. Right, right. <laughs> um, I can't keep this anymore. So, so the thing is, I used to borrow yours. I'm an adult now. I can just buy my own right. copy, really. <laughs> so I used to borrow your graphic novels, and you've got most of most of the ones that I would want, like the, yeah. like the Long Halloween, the Killing Joke, and the Dark Knight no Returns, and Nightfall, and all that stuff. Um, 
I I'm, I'm thinking about building my own collection, but um, but I've read all of those because you had them. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they're they're all brilliant in their own uh, different ways. And I and, and a lot of the ones that uh, that I really enjoyed, I bought the animated movies, those versions, and uh, they're also great. Um, yeah. And, and they're very close. They're, they're a lot of them very faithful to the uh, to the graphic novels. Um, it's it's just like there's there's a wealth of uh, material out there that a lot of people may not know about um, and, and a lot of different takes, a lot of different interpretations on the Batman character and on the on the world. And um, you could get lost in that. There's just so much out there that, uh, you know, that I, I'm still um, unaware of a lot of it. And uh, I think you're more of an authority on the comic side of, uh, um, of Batman I wouldn't I say that I'm an, I'm an authority, but I, I do have... More than I am. Um, you know, I, I, I think I have... Uh, read quite a lot of them. I've also borrowed a lot of them from uh, uh, from friends and whatnot. So, when was the first time that you saw Tim Burton's Batman, nineteen eighty nine? Um, you mean not over the banister? You mean properly seeing it? Or I mean, if you in... watched it in in full over the banister, then that counts. I didn't watch it in full. For, the, um, for those of you who don't know, dear listeners, um, over the, the banister is a term. Yes, but... in 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 our in our house in England, uh, the parents had the TV facing the uh, the stairs, mm-hmm. um, and we used to sneak uh, and peer over the banister, uh, which acted as a kind of a, a shield, <laughs> um, <laughs> and we used to watch whatever it was that the parents were watching. Um, now, I've I've spoken to our mother about this, and uh, she has told me that they knew. Uh, but it it was never enough to make them stop <laughs> and and like you know sort of like come up and go oh I can see you there go to bed um you know we 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 saw I saw a lot of movies for the first time over, over the, the banister, banister things that were not suitable for me um so yes uh, your experience watching uh, Batman nineteen eighty nine over the banister please um I think that I freaked out when. Uh, in that scene where uh, the Joker sort of sees a mirror, right? And he, that, that scene, I was just thinking about that. That scene where he gets his surgery is extremely like that. That scared the shit out of me. Because that laugh is is he's just got he's broken. He's he's like that's yeah. where he breaks, right? right. Um, and he goes crazy. So it's the it's, first time that I thought of the Joker as dangerous. I yeah. think just incredibly scary and every time i see that scene i get like freaked out um i think it was uh i I probably came into contact with it after properly after the animated series right um because you know i used to watch the animated series on sunday mornings like you know it would be on you know you said it was on whatsapp doc and and, yeah that's when i would watch it and i also had uh, a couple of vhs's from you know that had uh, batman episodes on them Mm mm-hmm um, but you know the the Tim Burton's Batman is I think um, it was it was the the first time that I saw Batman and thought this is an adult thing, right? And right. it's also the first time that a comic book movie uh, outside of Superman um, and even Superman is is very sort of light and fluffy uh, to an extent. Um, but it's the first time that a comic book movie could be dark yeah. and taken seriously and um, viable at the box office. Uh, and and I think that um, it was also the first time that people had seen Batman as represented in some of the darker comics of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I think that... Uh, 
I think that that did a lot for comic book movies in general in the 90s. Yeah. I think that I think that after um seeing Tim Burton's um Tim Burton's Batman and thinking to myself, you know, yeah, yeah, this is this is dark, this is adult, this is, you know, I I started then seeing the darkness in the animated series, which yeah. was it was there the whole time, but you know, I was watching it with the rest of the Sunday morning sort of cartoons that I was watching, Spider Man and and you know Ninja Turtles, whatever it was Taz. On. Oh yeah, don't forget Taz. Um, yeah. and and so I started noticing the very dark undertones of some of the episodes and i think when i got older as well like i rewatched i have every year or so <laughs> rewatched the animated series i bought the uh the blu-ray, the Blu-ray set and you? it cost me 50 quid and uh it's Best one of purchase you've the ever prides done. Yeah. of my collection yeah. yeah um but you know obviously um that when when you look at when you think about tim burton's batman um and you think about the 1960s Batman, you think about the animated series, you start comparing villains, you start comparing Jokers. Yeah. Um, and Jack Nicholson's Joker is very murderous and and unpredictable and, and very camp in, in certain ways, like, you know, yeah. the, the sort of dancing thing that he's doing on the float. Yeah. Um, and you know the dancing through the museum, gentlemen. Let's yes. broaden our minds, right? There's but- a, there's an uneasy combination of Cesar Romero, yeah, or Cesar. I don't know Cesar Romero, yes. Um, and uh, and the the Joker is portrayed in the Killing Joke because I know that uh, that Jack Nicholson has spoken about that before that they that they got a lot of inspiration from the Killing Joke. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, that's like that—that that kind of like light, campy, kind of uh, giggling Joker versus the murderous, um, more dangerous side of the Joker. Um, yeah, he always scared the shit out of me. Yeah, definitely. I remember talking to you one time about uh, Mark Hamill. Yeah. And saying to you, "What do you think?" And you said, "I always found Mark Hamill's Joker funny." Okay. You said this to me back in our first house here. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming away from that conversation going, what? Like, I don't find Mark Hamill's Joker funny at all. I find him terrifying. So it depends with Especially what you're in talking my number about. One because on my, there, are, on my list. there are certain episodes and there are also certain uh, stories in, uh, in the Batman Adventures where he is the butt of the joke by the end of it. Yeah, but you'll find and, like most of the Paul Dini ones are the ones where he's right. a murderous. So, so there are certain things like, uh, like, was it The Laughing Fish? Yes, and uh, and Mask of the Phantasm, etc., etc., et where yeah. he's where he's very sinister. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, I I think that they that for the main part of the animated series, they lightened him up quite a bit in even, order to even in that first episode with Christmas with the Joker, which is yeah. you know people are like, oh, he's he's very sort of silly and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's that moment where that you and I keep on quoting where he goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's very, uh, yeah. <laughs> very creepy. You and I laugh about it, but it's really a creepy moment. And I remember yeah. watching that and being like, what the fuck am I looking at? It's terrifying. Like, it's very scary. Um, I love Mark Hamill's Joker. And I remember uh, him being, uh, that him announcing, or they announced that he was coming back for the video games for the Arkham series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think they'll be able to recapture the, the, the magic. And... Whenever you're, and we'll talk about the video games in a bit, but whenever you're you're doing, you know, a, a thing in the game and you can hear him over the loudspeaker talking to his thugs um, and he, he talks about, you know, how, 
you know, the ones who Batman defeats are, are going to be sort of dipped in, in acid or whatever it is. I, I don't remember, but I remember him doing this sort of, <laughs> like this sort of like, you know, and, and Mark Hamill describes how his laugh is a musical instrument, you know, that mm-hmm. it, it describes different moods. Like if he's being murderous, there's a kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of feel to it. And when he's, when he's, uh, you know, joyful, there's like a, you know, there's like a crazy thing. I'm not. I'm not doing an impression. You can't do an impression of Mark Hamill's Joker. But it's it's the the idea that the laugh is a musical instrument is what makes his his Joker to me so compelling and frightening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you wanted to ask me about uh, my top five. Yeah. So give me your top five episodes of the animated series and why. Okay. They are where they so are. there are lots, and um, and I found it very very difficult to uh, to choose. I think I would... To, to clarify, we're talking about the original run of the animated series. The original run, not, yeah. not Batman Beyond, not the new Batman animated adventures, and none of, none of the movies are included Yeah, we're talking about list. the original run. Um, to be, to be uh, clear, though, mm. I think that, uh, that my favorite iteration of uh, the Batman the Animated Series is without a doubt and i know this is cliche and everybody says this it's mask of the Fantastic. no i was gonna say the same thing okay i was gonna say it's not cliche it is just true it is the because it it's was the a, pinnacle a video, of animated batman a video because it was a film and, and they could kind of they went pg right yeah. they were able to put in blood and uh more sort of adult themes and the portrayal of mark hamill's joker mm-hmm. that that moment where the phantasm walks into um uh, Valestra's uh, old age home and pulls down the newspaper and you see this frozen rigor mortis sort of, you know, the smile and it goes, yeah. <laughs> looks like you're not the bat at all, is absolutely terrifying. And it still makes me shudder and it's just, ah... Um, and, and, you know, it's, 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 it's just a great adaptation of, of, of the animated series and, and it encapsulates the, the darkness therein. Right. Uh, But go on. What is your list? So my list is as follows Mm -hmm. in no particular order. Right. Mine's also in no, I couldn't do it either. Mine's also in no particular order. I think, I think they're they're more or less in order of, uh, like, because I went down the list. Mm -hmm. Um, beware the gray ghost. Okay. I love that episode. It's uh, it's got Adam West in it. Mm-hmm. To summarize quickly, um, Adam West plays Simon Trent, who is an actor on a TV show that Bruce used to watch when he was a child. And uh, the show is called The Grey Ghost. Um, and The Grey Ghost bears a lot of resemblance uh, to what Batman became. So you can see where Bruce got the inspiration for Batman. And basically there's a criminal who's reenacting um, uh, bombings from the show. And uh, Batman teams up with Simon Trent in the present day to uh, to solve the crimes. And uh, Simon Trent is very reluctant, and eventually he sort of becomes the Grey Ghost. And it's kind of an, an interesting episode because you see Bruce kind of realize that his idol um, isn't exactly as heroic as he originally thought him to be. Um, it's just uh, I enjoy the interplay between them, and I enjoy the uh, the sort of the background and the. Um, and the sort of delving into Bruce's psyche, as it were. Okay, Feet of Clay. There are a few two-parters here, Yeah. okay? I always love um, Clayface. There's also uh, a a story called Larceny, My Sweet, in uh, in the Batman Adventures, which I love. I I read it, I've read it over and over and over again, 
and uh, feet of clay is uh is a great like i mean i love the idea of the uh of the uh of the actor um mm-hmm. you know who's voiced by uh ron perlman um putting on this uh face cream that's supposed to that that helps him change face and, and all that kind of stuff and uh and in the end it, he's he's kind of drowned in it and it takes him over and he becomes Clayface. um like I don't know why I, I identify with it. I enjoy it's it. A I, it's a it's a great story. Um, Two Face obviously is another two parter mm-hmm. um, that is always cited on top ten lists of uh, of great episodes because it really is. It's yeah. great. Uh, it's a great two parter that shows you the origin of uh, Harvey Dent becoming Two Face um, and uh, the moment when um, what's the name of his uh, love interest in? Uh, I've got his, not there. No, he's gone. Uh, but when she sees him uh, for the, the first in time the, in the hallway. Next to the window and the yeah, lightning crashes. The lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Heartbreaking. Yeah. Number four is The Laughing Fish. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that for animated series Joker, mm-hmm. it's um, it's one of one of the most creepy. Yeah. It is. It is the most creepy um, outside of Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Um, and, uh, I think that that to me, if I was to choose an episode of the show, that's quintessential, uh, Joker, the best Joker story. I think that's the one it is. I was also toying with, um, uh, with Joker's favor. I like that one as well. Um, but laughing fish one out <clears throat> and, uh, the last one, uh, kind of you might on my list a little bit. Go on. Sorry. And the last one, I'm not sure if you, if you agree with me on this one, but, uh, it's one that we watched over and over again. And that mm. is, if you're so smart, why aren't you why rich? Aren't you rich? Uh, in which, uh, it, which is the origin story of the Riddler. And, um, I just, I love that episode. I don't know quite why, but, uh, it's a great story and, uh, forget it, kid. I've handed him his walking paper yeah it's just fun <laughs> it's like there's a computer game that uh that edward nigma has uh has created and uh he creates it in real life and they have to go through the maze um and i i just i don't know i By just the enjoy time that you one. get out of the maze i'll be out of the city yeah Great. you know who that is don't you that's john glover who plays um who plays uh lex luther's dad in smallville and he also plays uh oh really oh he- oh oh, oh. He's also the oh, uh, wow. the evil doctor in uh, in Batman and Robin oh, who yeah. kills Poison Ivy. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. That's yeah. simple. The human brain. Ooh. Anyway, um, so my list is uh, also in no particular order except for the last one or the last two. So um, I really like... Uh, a lot of these are sort of Joker centric, but I like uh, at the at number five uh, is um, the man who killed Batman. Okay. Um, one of the reasons I like this, and it's cited a lot in a lot of uh, top tens and interviews, whatever, is is that that line that basically really tells you everything you need to know about the relationship between Joker and the Batman, where he says, "You know, put everything back, Harley," and she's like, "Put it back," and he like smacks her around the face, right. and she she she's like, "I'm putting it back, boss," and and he's like, "Without he's not coming without Batman, crime has no punchline," and that's like such a yeah, it's so great. Um, so that's number five. I really like that episode, even though the Joker isn't really featured for a very long time in that in that episode. Um, I also really enjoyed um, this. Is also a, a a Joker episode, which is uh, Joker's favor, mm-hmm. uh, is number th- four. We're on four, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, after that is Be a Clown. I find that one to be really creepy because Joker basically kidnaps uh, the mayor's kid. And tries to um, lure Batman to a creepy theme park with, you know, using him. 
And there's a moment there where, you know, the, the kid sort of escapes the Joker and um, Joker is uh, running his cane along a, a railing mm-hmm. and is going, Jordy! And, like, trying to scare him and creep him out. That's, like, a really scary situation. Like, if you think about it, so I just thought that was really... Um, okay. Freaked me out. Uh, number three is Heart of Ice, which is an episode that... Oh, yeah, yeah. That, um, I was debating that one as well. It, yeah, it's, it's basically... Um, the the fact that Mr. Freeze is such a, a comical character in Batman and Robin that they completely missed the tragedy of But it his was directly character. inspired by Heart of Ice, which uh, which boggles my mind. I don't understand it because Heart of Ice is such a heart wrenching tragic yeah. episode, and the way that uh, Mr. Freeze sounds like a dead zombie character. He He's dead and, you know, like, in in his in his heart is frozen. You know, it's like, it's right. very... But he, he's obsessed with bringing his wife back and, and he wants to, you know, he wants to find a cure. And I, I find that to be um, instantly uh, relatable and also, you know, heartbreaking that at the end, you know, he's sort of sitting in his cell at Arkham and by himself and the snowflakes are sort of falling in there. It's just very, very right. sad. And and to follow on from that, um, uh, a movie that is often forgotten mm-hmm. is uh, is Batman, Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero. Yeah. And that's um, a great companion piece to Heart of Ice. Yeah. yeah. And the number two is Perchance to Dream. That that was the one. I I was thinking about that. Just thinking about that. The uh, that's the Manhattan. Yeah, the Manhattan is like and he he puts him into some kind of dream machine that yes. makes him live his his uh, his perfect life. And in this that's perfect life, episode. he's not Batman. Both of his parents are alive. He lives with them in Wayne Manor, um, and uh, he's engaged to Selina Kyle. And you know there is a Batman, but it's not him. And there it's are very little, trippy as well, like when he reads, when he when reads he's the reading, newspaper yeah. and it's all gibberish because yeah. you can't read in a dream. Right. And and it it, it it's got all these elements of, of, you know, he wants to be there, but at the same time, he doesn't want to live a lie. And there's that moment where he comes out of the machine and he faces the Mad Hatter and he looks like he's going to rip him in two. Right. Right. And that is like... But for me, number one is, uh, you've said it already, but it wasn't your number one, is The Laughing Fish. Mm-hmm. Um, because of how murderous the Joker is in this story. Um, you know, he, he's poisoning these these people. Um, but he, there's no real, you know, there, there's a moment that I think really um, uh, describes his, his random psychosis is, you know, he, he says... To, first of all, he's got some of the best laughs in that episode um, that are all very, very sinister um, and and less of the sort of playful laugh that we hear in other episodes. Um, but he he does a... He, there's a thing where um, uh, Fra- Mr. Francis, who's one of his targets, he says, uh, Batman, I don't understand why this is happening to me. I've done nothing to this Joker. I'm just a pencil pusher. I can't change the law. I'm harmless. And he says, and in his sick mind, that's the joke, Francis. And that's really good. That's a good Kevin Conroy. Thank you. And I was like, I was like, oh God, this guy is so fucking nuts. He's scary, right? So, you know, that that is, I think, uh, my favorite episode and also uh, my favorite Paul Dini story. And uh, and uh, I, I I watch that over and over and over again. That's my list. Right. 
Okay. Moving on from uh, the animated series, right? Um, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about uh, graphic novels because we've we've touched on it um, a little bit, but uh, you've said that you've borrowed my graphic novels. I was wondering if maybe you could give me your top three Batman stories. We've already said, by the way, that in Batman stories, in general, Mask of the Phantasm is the best sort of animated right. series version. Um, and and that is, um, that is, I think, if that were a graphic novel, that would probably be my favorite. Like stories? Like I could include stories. like Batman you Adventures? In- you could include Batman Adventures, yeah. Because it's in a graphic novel form, yeah. Okay. Um, Just top three. It doesn't have to be... Okay, well, well um, I really, really like The Long Halloween. Okay. I think it's a great one. Um, the uh, the Killing Joke uh, is good as well, um, but I, I wouldn't put that in my top. It's kind of like a... You ha- it's like a quintessential, you have to read it, but it's not the best. It's like, a, it's like a half story, really. It's not. It doesn't have the same sort of like traditional story structure as... Yeah. Uh, as something like uh, the Long Halloween, for example, mm-hmm. um, I love that story. As I as I said before, the uh, Last Name My Sweet, yeah, um, with uh, with Clayface from the uh, from the Batman Adventures. That's great. My third one is Under the Red Hood. Yeah, it's a good one as well. So my top three, very quickly. Um, and I'm not doing this in in any order, but my favorite stories. Um, some of these are, are multiple graphic novels put together to make one story. But um, No Man's Land. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, Nightfall, uh, which which I I know that Nightfall is is it has some very weak parts, mainly the second installment, uh, which is very focused on Azrael. But that ends with such a massive moment where a Batman kills a person or allows them to die, um, which I thought was just very very big. I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, I used to have eardrums, um, and um, and the last one you've thrown me off. I've just forgotten now. Um, is oh, Batman, um, uh, Murderer and Fugitive. That mm-hmm. that that story is, I think, uh, as I said, I think either in the last episode or, or earlier today in this episode, um, is is a story that just um, it, sh- it it sheds more light on on how Batman views his Bruce Wayne persona, right. and and how once it outlives its usefulness he's willing to admit that batman is the real personality so i believe that i bought you uh you bought me fugitive, fugitive from midtown comics yeah you did in new york city and i when i didn't realize that it was part two of a story i believe uh, I, I didn't know that either apparently and i understood <laughs> it i understood it to be just a thing where batman's on the run um and um you know i i went to a uh, sort of street sale thing where everybody was selling lots of different things and I was helping a friend sell uh, collectible toys that he'd collected. Um, Which is also where I got my shadow figure from. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I went to one of the stalls and they had like lots of graphic novels and I saw Bruce Wayne Murderer in there and I was like, hey, that's like Bruce Wayne Fugitive. And I realized that that was the... So I bought it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which cool. was really cool for me to just find it. Anyway... I dig- I digress. Can um, I have a lend of those? I don't think I've read. I don't think I've read them. You can borrow them. Sure, mm-hmm. they're really good. Really, really good. Um, moving on, Batman movies. Okay, Batman, nineteen eighty nine. Mm. We talked about this a little bit already uh, on this episode, but um, uh, I think that of that first run, it is the best. Okay. Um, I think that the realization of Gotham first run being Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman right, and Robin. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah, the first two. 
<clears throat> as it were. Right. There was no there were no more movies after Batman no, Returns. No. Um Joel Schumacher made uh, made a couple of campy movies about a different character, but uh, yeah. Um anyway, so uh so I, I really, really like the first Batman. Um there is nothing like those opening notes on the Warner Brothers logo. No, that's the animated series. Oh, so what was the <laughs> Batman one? It's a little slower. It's just like... Oh, sorry. Brilliant. That was beautiful. Lovely. Keep going. Everybody wants to listen to us doing the Batman music. You know when you think that you you sound like an orchestra, but then someone else listens to you and you sound like... You say... It's like that. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> I knew that you had a that it's you like, had a thing about that. Is yeah, that of course. Still up your bum? Of course, it's still up my bum. It's, it's up yours as well, don't you? It's stop? up my bum, but it's um, up yours. But it's like it's like that that representation of that that scene in Ant Man where they're uh, where yeah, they're yeah. fighting in the, it, in the, oh, the model that's train. It, that's it. And then they crash, and it's like da 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 da, and there's like. <laughs> two toys just two from toys very just far crash. away they just fall off the tracks yeah. it's really funny yeah. like it, it looks like it's going to be this massive crash and there's just yeah. um so I, I i think that danny elfman's theme and tim burton's style is like the perfect marriage of you know not since indiana jones and star wars and superman like the those those like every time john williams did a theme it was just that's the theme yes danny elfman apparently was um doubted quite for quite a long time until they heard that opening track mm-hmm. and then it was like that's the batman theme and to me even though i love the uh the other representations thereof um uh, aside from edit goldenthal's theme which i will talk about as well um but uh, you know hans zimmer and james newton howard did a wonderful yeah. job on batman begins and uh, and hans zimmer went on did the dark knight dark knight rises yeah. and then uh you know you've got um uh, the uh, the new theme from uh, Michael Giacchino, which is also fantastic. From there the is, Batman. From the Batman. There is only one Batman theme in my mind that is the quintessential Batman theme. And the fact that it carried over to the uh, to the animated series, uh, even though Shirley Walker did like a... Um, uh, a variation on that for uh, for for a lot of uh, for a lot of it. Um, it's still that is the that is the quintessential Batman theme. And uh, Michael Keaton is. Uh incredible as yeah, Batman. Yeah, he's really good. Um, you know, originally he was uh, he was Mr. Mum, he was Beetlejuice, people didn't, uh, people were up in arms, there was a petition uh, to get him removed. Do you know what? Everybody, can you just take your petitions and shove them up your ass? Yeah. Seriously, let, let, I'm, I'm I talking, cannot stand I'm this. talking to you from 2022 to 1988, shut the fuck up. No, no, not <laughs> just that. I mean, when people get up in arms about somebody being cast in a movie, could you please shut the fuck up? <laughs> And just stop caring so much about this sort of thing. Everybody who hated Ben Affleck, I wasn't for it, but I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed aspects of his Batman, but look, we've moved on, and now our Pats, or as Johnny dubbed him, our Bats, um, is is is. I don't is think the, that's that's, that's original. No, no. no. Um, but anyway, so I, I I think that Tim Burton's Batman. Things end is my point. We don't have to petition anyone. Take your outrage. Put it on the side in a little cabinet. We close the door. We move on with our lives, and you can get back to worrying about things like did I leave the stove on? Yes, what a grave that of grave about you. Indeed, I don't know what happened to me, but I sort of shriveled up and turned into a little wizard. <laughs> Everything's a Scrooge. Um. So. So yeah. So 
Tim Burton's Batman, uh, the marriage of Michael Keaton. Sorry, I think I just had a bit of a minor stroke <laughs> yes. there. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so you got Michael Keaton, you got Jack Nicholson, you got Kim Basinger. Um, you know, there's a, it's a, it's a great movie. I, I love that movie. I, there's, it's endlessly quotable. Um, it's, it's dark, it's gothic, it's wonderful. And then you move on to Batman Returns and there is an about turn slightly. Uh, it becomes more of a Tim Burton movie. He reimagines Gotham. Uh, he reimagines um, the visual style in a certain way. The, uh, the addition of snow really changes yeah, things a yeah. lot. And things get darker, but at the same time, campier. A little silly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love that movie, but to me, every time I sit down and watch Batman Returns directly after watching Batman, I always think it's a bit of a shame that they didn't continue on in that vein. Um, I, but again... Full disclosure, I love Batman Returns. I, I love both of them. I, yeah. I, I agree with you that the tone is slightly slightly muddled in the second one, but it's... Um, the the it's best really scenes good. of Batman Returns, to me, are the interactions between Batman and Catwoman and mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle. Yeah. Those... And, and the, the two of them have such chemistry. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I love the scene in front of the fire. Yeah. I love the scene at the party under the mistletoe. I love the fact that she's so unhinged and uh, you know she pulls out the gun and everything and like and i love the uh, the the realization between the two of them that she's catwoman he's batman does this mean we have to start fighting you know i i love all of that i think it's just so great and i wish there would have been a bit more of it and less of yeah. danny devito's penguin yeah um and uh you know and, and then obviously you've got max shrek in there who's played by the great christopher walken and that's always good value. You can't yeah. deny that Christopher Walken and Tim Burton were made for each other. Right. <laughs> and there should be more of that as well. <laughs> yeah. Because he's just so weird and kooky and, uh, you know. Especially when you give him weird and kooky hair in a Tim Burton yeah. movie. It just suits him. Mayor Aswald Cobblepot. I just, I love it. Um, you know, it, it's it's When everybody stuff. starts turning on the penguin and he walks down the steps and he gives him like a little shrug. Yeah. Love that. Like, yeah. So Christopher Walken. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got uh, Danny Elfman's theme from the original Batman turned up to 11 yeah. with all the with all the choral uh, voices and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It, it gets more gothic, more epic. It scared a lot of people, a lot of like kids yeah, and whatever. Kids and that whole and thing. And that is the reason why we got Batman forever. Yeah. Uh, which, to There's my a nice mind, segue into Batman Forever. Yeah, uh, Batman Forever. Look, a lot of the a lot of um, news articles and things like that have been coming out about Joel Schumacher reportedly reportedly wanting to uh, realize his original vision, a la Zack Snyder, um, and create the Schumacher cut, which is apparently darker and etc. 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 Now, the issue that I have with that is that Batman and Robin is a movie that is split in two. It has a dual personality. Mm. On the one hand, you've got these somewhat grounded scenes in Wayne Manor. And I, sa- I, th- I said this to you the last time I watched it, mm-hmm. um, because I, I feel like when I when I do a watch through of all of those movies, um, you know, I, you've, got the, you've got the first four and then you've got Begins, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. It's the same reason why I have to watch Die Another Day before I watch Casino Royale, because you want to get that full appreciation of the... Of the one eighty correcting of the course exactly, um, and uh, and Batman and or Robin course is correction as we say correctly in English. Go right, on. Batman and Robin Words. is um, is sort of somewhat correctly uh, described by by most people as 
one of the worst superhero movies ever made. Yeah. There are quite, there are a few bad superhero movies that have been made and quite a few bad movies that have been made. I'm not sure that I would put it at the top of that list, to be honest, because there are worse, believe it or not. Green Lantern. Um, Yeah. But, um, but, or Spawn. Spawn. (laughs) Um, But, which is the only movie I've ever walked out of, as I believe I've mentioned on this podcast in the past. But, um, but so, so you've got these grounded (laughs) scenes in Wayne Manor, You've got the relationship between Barbara coming in and, uh, you know, and, and and Robin wanting to be more sort of independent and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You've got all this like this like sort of character drama going on, but that does not offset the absolute batshit craziness, excuse the pun, of <sighs> what happens the other half of the time with with Arnold the Schwarzenegger's cool party. Chill. Chill. Everybody chill. The Iceman cometh. All of that stuff. The fluffy slippers. The fluffy slippers. I hate when they talk during the movie. And it's batshit crazy. And then you've got Uma Thurman's like completely over the top Poison Ivy, which she brought back again for uh, for the Avengers. Um, exactly the same character. Doing Anatomically exactly correct. The same performance. The bat nipples. The bat credit card. Never leave the cave without it. The, the rubber lips. The massive plant that eats Poison Ivy. Bane. Ben, darling, you know, the, the gorilla suit. There's a whole list of shit. Batman, eh. <laughs> like, is that Sorry, forever? <laughs> you're like, that's forever. You're okay. running through very quickly yes. all of the traumatic yes. puzzle. And it's a little too much for me. And the listeners can't see this. Yes. But I'm sort of sitting here with my head in my hands like and, as you're doing this. Yes. And Commissioner Gordon. I told you the signal. Commissioner Gordon, like... Dear lady, um, you know, there's it doesn't offset any of that. So when you look at Batman Forever, you've got um, first of all there was a uh, there's a very widely publicized story that Jim Carrey told about Tommy Lee Jones saying how much he couldn't sanction His Jim buffoonery. Carrey's buffoonery and that he hates him and he he like sort of hugged him close in a kind of like Fredo grip and said to him, "I don't fucking like you, you." bastard i wish you would die something like that um but like but then tommy lee jones's performance in that movie is entirely unsanctioned buffoonery uh let's be honest i mean he is trying to match the manic energy of uh of jim carrey's frank gorshin impression but can i just say about batman forever that yeah. the one thing that i really like about it i don't like val kilmer as batman or as bruce wayne i think no he's very i think he's wooden very bland and, very, yeah. and and you know watching things like uh like kiss kiss bang bang and and uh you know when he even, turns on in wonderful performances yeah even even something like the saint where he's like you know in disguise and he's doing an accent or whatever you can see exactly how much charisma this guy yeah. has and he could have been so much Zilch more in this film now Nothing. the thing is, is plank that, of wood is that um jim carrey gives a really good performance if you think about it because as yeah. edward nigma there's there's an obsession there's there's an insanity there that he's you know he's like you were supposed to understand i'll make you understand and there's like a like a a, a uh, a crazed obsession to him that he then tries to model himself into a sort of, you know, faux Bruce Wayne. And like, there's yeah. some really interesting stuff there. If my only, <laughs> fine. If only uh, it hadn't been 
as over the top as it right. was. So Jim Carrey is in a Jim Carrey movie. A Jim Carrey movie of that time was Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, Liar Liar. This is before The Truman Show and before Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind and before the number 23. <clears throat> he, he, managed, um, he managed to inject a depth to the character that Tommy Lee Jones was not right, managing to right. do. Right, but he is also extremely Jim Carrey. Um, and, and while Joel Schumacher did try and and inject a little bit of depth in there. There's that whole thing about the red book, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that Chase Meridian is a psychiatrist. But the problem is that she's a sexy psychiatrist. Mm. So she's all about the uh, uh, black, black rubber, rubber. Um, you know, and like uh, and like trying to seduce him by the signal and all that kind How of stuff. How traumatic was that for Babs, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> Sorry, Babs. So, I, so what I'm saying is that um, the Batman Forever is a little bit more of a grounded movie than Batman and Robin, but not by much. What you're talking about is when people say Batman and Robin is the worst movie ever made, but I love Batman Forever, you're talking about two very similar movies. They are from the same ilk. Um, and no amount of depth or darkness injected into that half of the film that was supposed to concern Bruce Wayne and et cetera, et cetera, is going to offset the batshit craziness of, um, you know, the neon lights and the Dutch dangles and the, but you said you'd let me live. And, um, you know, oh no, it's boiling acid. You're a security guard. When did you become an expert on, on what that is? You know? Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's oh, just, no! It's just really over the top, yeah. and uh, and I'm not sure that a Schumacher cut is really going to to change anything. No, it's in that not going to make a lick of difference. Um, but also, if we're already talking about things that are up your butt, shall we talk about the music? Yes, um, Elliot Goldenthal. I have to I have to say, but there's a pre bit to this. There's a thing here is that but you a said pre-bit? this. Ori- What's a pre bit? Oh, <laughs> you said to me originally um, when we were kids that one of the reasons that you hate the theme for Batman Forever is that it sounds like a kid playing with his action figures going... Now tell the story. Yeah, so um, I was watching the special features on Batman Forever. um, Recently. Recently, yeah. Um, But I I have to disclose, by the way, that... um, as much as um, as it's campy and over the top and whatever, I, I do enjoy somewhat watching Batman Forever, even though it is a big mess. How much of that is nostalgia for you? I, I think it, a lot of it. Okay. Because I remember getting the sticker album and I remember like getting the VHS and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it, there, there was a lot of hype around it. Um, and it was the first uh, movie, the first Batman movie rated um, PG that yeah. I was actually allowed to go and see in the cinema. And I, you know, uh, because the other two were rated 15. So anyway, so I was watching the special features and Elliot Goldenthal, the, the composer, is talking in his interview about how he came up with the music. And he said, I just thought about what a child would sound like playing with their action figures. Da, 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 so then da, you da. sent me this uh, I was like, clip. Oh like, my God. It's exactly what I said. I hammered the nail on the head. You really did. So there it is, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that the, uh, the, the Schumacher duology is a lot more um, alike than people think. And Batman and Robin isn't... It doesn't take very much to tip it over the edge, let's right. be honest. But again... Batman Begins wouldn't have come about if it hadn't been for the complete critical failure of, of Batman, Batman and Robin. Um, and then, you know, Christopher Nolan comes along and uh, and does something completely new yeah, uh, and completely grounded in reality. And I love it. It yeah. took a very long time, though. If you think about, like, um, 
you know, the amount of time it's been since Batman was lost on the big screen. Yeah. You're talking about um, 2017. You're talking about Justice League. Yeah. Um, and Zack Snyder's Justice League came out only a year ago or so. Yeah. Um, and uh, and if you want to take it back even further, 2012, Dark Knight Rises. Um, but we've seen Batman on the big screen since then, uh, you know, in uh, in the Justice League movie and all that kind of stuff. In this case, it went from 1997 to 2005. That's yeah. quite a gap. Yeah. Um, and then Nolan comes in, who was not a blockbuster director, a complete left field choice, and uh, and and absolutely inspired, to be honest. Yeah. Um. So. What are your memories of uh, of Batman Begins? I'll tell you. My first... I, I remember seeing a website that had an image of Batman uh, coming down uh, that spiral staircase seen in right. Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Uh, I also remember that on the side of the website, there, like on in the margins, there were pictures of, um, you know, the other actors uh, who'd been cast. There was Katie Holmes. There was Gary Oldman. There was uh, um, uh, Liam Neeson. And I was like, "Wow, these! I know all these people. These are great." Like, you know, and then they showed that that clip uh, where you know uh, uh, Rachel Dawes is being uh, stalked by these two thugs, and you know she tases Batman, and 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 sort of like he doesn't move. Right? And, like, pulls they released, the taser, they they released, released that clip, clip. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you rattle his cage, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Listen to that Batman voice. I loved it, and I was like. This is 2005. I'm like, you know, hungering for a Batman movie and for them to do it right. And I remember going to see this in the cinema and it was, again, one of those experiences which we talked about in the last episode where it it just took me straight to Gotham, right? Took yeah. me to a different place and it made me... It made me just so happy. Yeah. Um, it was it was like I came out of that movie, I was so happy. I was I was like, I wanna watch it again. I want I want more, I want more Christopher Nolan, I want more um Christian Bale. I felt like his Bruce Wayne, I felt his Alfred was brilliant, you know, Michael Caine. I thought that he, that that moment where he says, What is the point in all those push ups if you can't even lift a bloody lock? Yeah. Right? Was it just the whole and it made me it made Everything, me so happy. My family, my father, my father built. <laughs> um, and and I I, you know, I I get very um, Liam Neeson. Yeah, that turnabout was also like I remember that you were saying to me when we came out of the film, you said um, I was hoping all the way through the movie. You said you you saw him at the beginning and you were like, why isn't he like Rachel Gould? Why is he you know what, Roz. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about the fact that they mispronounce several names in in the in the Nolan movies. Yeah. We don't need to talk about it. They mispronounce several names in yeah. the Nolan movies. Yeah. There you go. Ra's al Ghul, or Rachel Ghul, sorry, was created by uh, Julius uh, Schwartz, and uh, the name uh, Raish actually comes from the letter Raish in the Hebrew alphabet. It's the um, head of the demon. Yeah, yeah. Um, Raish, uh, Raish is also like uh, Rosh, which is the which means head in Hebrew. Yeah. Um, so it's also uh, in Arabic. Yeah, here was here was the thing that that really um, that really interested me about uh, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises is Christian Bale's uh, portrayal of of Bruce Wayne, right? So this is the first time that you actually have an in depth window into exactly the process of how he, how he goes from Bruce Wayne to Batman, his uh, his psyche. 
understanding yeah. his uh, his psychological turmoil, what he's going through, and uh, and you actually get a sense of the uh, of the character that you can follow him. Yeah. Um, whereas the first time that you see Michael Keaton's Batman, he's just Batman. And then, you know, he's this awkward kind of uh, socially uh, awkward character as, as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I think his, the way that the character's written and the way he plays it is wonderful. Yeah. There's something, there's something that's very... Um, uh, that the, the I, I feel is done in, in the animated series very well, which is the, the, the attempt on, on the part of Bruce Wayne to distance himself from suspicion of, of being Batman. In that... Kev, I think that Kevin Conroy might have been the first... Um, uh, I think it might have been the first one that did it, really, uh, with I'm Kevin Conroy. Yeah, that he's you know when he's Batman, he's like you know in his sick mind. No, so right? this is this and is a, this is I actually it's have a common misconception. Down. No, I have it written down in in trivia corner, but the uh, but the reasoning from it, you know what? I'll I'll just like in in in. But to finish the thought yeah. that I was going to say, and then you can tell me why I'm wrong, is that Kevin Conroy, you know, as Bruce Wayne, is a much higher tone. Uh, in so like he's not going. He's, but he is like you know um you know oh hello mr mayor you know he's very uh right. very sort of um not batmany right? right so i'm just gonna drag this piece of information out from trivia corner it's come up because it's come up um so what i have written here is michael keaton who calls himself a logic freak was concerned that batman's secret identity would in reality be fairly easy to uncover and discussed ideas with tim burton to better disguise the character including the use of contact lenses ultimately keaton decided to perform batman's voice at a lower register than when he was portraying bruce wayne this technique became a staple of future portrayals of batman in film television and video games especially those of kevin conroy and christian bale i've i've read a lot of um interviews with and and watched a lot of it read as in you know when you see them in an article yeah um but like kevin conroy saying that he put a lot of thought into that and and they he's often cited as being right because if you if you look at the difference between michael keaton's voice when he's you know he's just kind of a little bit you know he's not really he's not changing that much there's that scene in the Batcave where he's talking to vicky vale right right you can definitely tell there that he's gone into a lower register right but you know his voice isn't so different from when he's Bruce Wayne. It's, I mean, it's not no, so but he's he does change his voice though, it's and a I think bit. it's very possible that that Kevin Conroy uh, took that as a jumping-off point. Yeah, sure. But there was a definite um, there was a definite decision made by by Keaton to uh, to change his voice, I'm, and yeah. uh, and that culminates in the. Uh, in obviously the uh, the the Christian Bale. Um, so a lot of people, on. a lot of people have problems with this. I think that in Batman Begins, it's the best portrayal, of right? That, right? You know where you know as Bruce Wayne, as Bruce Wayne, he sounds like this, and then as Batman, it's you know he you rattled his cage. Where were the other drugs going? Like they, yeah. didn't, I don't know that they actually did any any ampli- amplification. So on the Dark Knight, they did. On that the Dark Knight, from they the Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan uh, manipulated the voice and yeah. made it a lot more. Um, a lot more sort of pronounced, um, and and it's I I feel even though there's a logic to it in uh, in Batman v Superman, I find that the the, the voice box that he uses that Ben Affleck's Batman yeah. uses is a lot is just a little bit voice over the top. Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, and I and, and I don't like it so much. I I I'm glad that Pattinson was told. Uh, Pattinson apparently started uh, um, doing the voice mm-hmm. and growling kind of thing, and he was he was told, "No, no, no, don't, don't do, do that. that, don't do that." Um, and, and he drops it to a whisper, right, right. But it's not like a, it's not like you know, hey everybody, I'm Batman. 
It's not like that. No, it is. It is. Done. It is. You know. It's. It's. I'm vengeance. It's a. It's a. It's just. It's just um, masking his voice by by speaking qu- like in a whisper, in a, in, right. a, in a gravelly sort of whisper. And it's. It's again. I. I wanted to sort of compare Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne to Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne. So I just want to say like that with. Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne, one of the things that it's more in his actions than it is in his voice in, in, in so much that what he does is he, um, uh, there's that thing where, uh, in the second movie, there's that guy who Joker says, you know, to people like kill this guy and Bruce Wayne blocks, uh, the truck from killing him right. with his car. And, uh, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't mean to, um, you know, crash the car into the van. And he's like, why? Who was in it? Right. And he's yeah. like, he's being rather sort of airheaded and and not with you know he's like you don't watch a lot of news do you mr wayne um but there's a lot of that derived from zorro from the scarlet pimpernel yeah yeah and 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 absolutely absolutely and and i think that that's one of my favorite things is when they try when bruce wayne is is a hundred percent fine with um you know uh, yeah but with clark kent the only person who i feel really did any kind of attempt was the Richard Donner movies where was you Christopher know, where, Reeve? Yeah, yeah, where he's like, but that's the golly, gosh. But that's the that's the concept of of uh, throwing people off the scent by uh, by behaving a little bit like a buffoon. Yeah, and he um, sta- he stands with like a, a yeah a sort a of stoop a hunch. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so so moving back to to Christian Bale is that his Batman and his Bruce Wayne are, are very sort of like separated by that. Yeah. Um, and um, I really love that moment in the Dark Knight where he pulls the the shotgun apart you know he, yeah. the, he goes up to the goon and smashes him in the face with it a couple of times knocks him out and then pulls the gun to pieces because right. he's like i don't like guns you know brilliant um but there's something really interesting about robert pattinson's batman uh, uh, uh bruce wayne yeah that he that bothered me when i was watching it but as i came away from the movie started to appreciate more is the traumatized haunted man, right? He hasn't become the socialite yet. He hasn't become billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. He's recluse Bruce Wayne, which maybe in a... I would love in a second movie... I think I said this in 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 the last podcast, is that I would love to see certain threads tugged at um, in sequels Mm -hmm. to the Batman. I feel that Bruce Wayne in the Dark Knight trilogy has his issues, but he's fairly well adjusted for you know what he's it feels like that to me I mean, and he's, in, in... he's fairly reclusive at the at the beginning and, and around about the time that alfred says to him uh you know, you, know, you might try enjoying yourself a little bit yeah and then he you know goes swimming in the pool and like uh you know says i am more i'm buying this hotel you know, um, so so yeah, I, I think that there that is a great Christian bell. There, thank you. There is a progression there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but obviously, because you're talking about year two, um, they're focused very uh, on a very specific period of time. It's like ten days or something. Yeah. Right? So uh, so yeah, it's he he doesn't progress into exactly. being their playboy Bruce Wayne just yet. And I also think that the uh, that the addition of the eye makeup um, kind of adds to as well as being fun- a functional uh part of his of his cowl you know darkening his eyes it also like gives him that emo look that uh yeah. you know that really that really sort of underlines that kind of dark darkness, darkness. Yeah. yeah and and th- th- there's 
there's just like he someone wrote online that he looks constipated and it's part of the problem with him in the twilight movies and i'm like no 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 i i don't i don't accept that i think it's i think it's wrong just because he he's 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 informed and traumatized by this horrific thing that happened to him as a child and it's what drives him but it's also it's crippling and you can see from the way that he kind of holds his head you know down and like he's very He's a broken man, and I feel that that hasn't been portrayed very much. And that's one of my favorite things about Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne. I did feel that um, Ben Affleck managed to inject a lot of anger into yeah. his Bruce Wayne. You know, uh, an outrage and, and, a, and a, a fire, right? But, um, you know, that's the only thing I like about his his Bruce Wayne. Uh, and, and, and the fact that he's cut, in, yeah. in that one. But 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 Robert Pattinson's performance is a very interesting thing to watch. It's a character study. It's it's very um I don't know. I, I think that the people who who are saying that he's uh he's wooden and, and, and very sort of like constipated, it's just completely missed the point of what he's doing with his Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I really wanted to talk about that. Okay. Um so for me the weak point of begins is uh, Katie Holmes. Yeah. Um, she doesn't really make very much of an impression. Um, and Maggie Gyllenhaal in The Dark Knight inherits that character from Katie Holmes and, uh, and also doesn't really make no. a huge amount of an impression. Um, somewhere out, that, that's, that's what you always think was, or somewhere over the rainbow. What's something she about like to that. say before something she gets like blown that. up? I have no idea, but it sounds like she's about to break into song. <laughs> Harvey, it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Somewhere. <laughs> um... <laughs> And now you have ruined for all of your listeners yes. the same thing that you've ruined for me. That's what I'm here for. Um, so, so yeah. So, I think that Batman Begins going to do Wordle while you talk. Batman Begins is an almost perfect movie. I love it very, very much. And every time it begins, uh, yeah. um, I uh, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to. Um, like I have to see it through. Um, so, uh, so coming into the Dark Knight. Um, with the, uh, um, like that whole prologue with the Joker and the, like, you know, the, each henchman killing off the last henchman and the, uh, the bank heist, everything. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I think it's, uh, it's a fantastic reveal. Unfortunate, unfortunate though, is the setting. As I said in the last episode, the setting of that scene, had it been set in a, darker less like obviously you need to see gotham in daylight but it just looks like any other city like new york but the thing is it to me that doesn't really bother me as much it really um, bothers me gotham city is a very important thing to me that a, that a, a batman movie gets right but i'm what i'm saying is that the uh the each opening draws you in yeah um and it and you you just have to watch um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of The Dark Knight. Yeah, I love it too. It's not. Um, it's a great movie. Um, and I think that uh, that it was. I, I mean, there's not a lot to say about The Dark Knight that hasn't already been said. Yeah, I like the fact that um, the you know that the costume kind of evolves a little bit, and you, you yeah. know he can turn his head. His head, yeah. Um, I like the fact that it's the first Batman movie ever to uh, to show Batman operating outside of Gotham. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there are just a lot of like great little nuggets in there that I really, really enjoy. 
<clears throat> the interrogation scene, any, all of the interrogation scenes, yeah, are brilliant. And Heath Ledger obviously is is legendary as the Joker. Um, but it's just it's very unfortunate that um, that his death meant that there was no payoff for that character. Yeah. Um, and then going into Rises, I, I want to talk a little bit about Rises because it's a much debated entry. Mm. Like to me. My personal feeling is that it um, that it does keep to the quality of the other two movies, and it's a very entertaining film, um, and I really enjoy it. But a lot of people have issues with it that the, that there's a massive plot hole in there, and um, and that the ending is uh, overly ambiguous. And if it's uh, if it's a happy ending, which Michael Caine has stated categorically that that's what's written in the script he's sitting there they're sitting there they look at each other it's because people have seen inception and they're like right. you know oh is it is a dream right. is it all a dream they're like it's christopher nolan maybe it's not real and it's all a dream it's and the uh the the, ba- the bane voice um that uh, that people have an issue with it f- would be extremely painful you're a big guy for you um <laughs> So yeah, there's You think darkness is your ally. I was born in it. Molded by it. Um I'm just putting a glass on my mouth. I personally really like Tom Hardy as Bane. And, so do I. Uh, and I have I, no problem with the Dark Knight I, Rises. I don't know what yeah. that's what's up everybody's bum. Yeah, I really so enjoy I, it. I enjoy the movie as a whole. My favourite scene in the movie I think is uh is Anne Hathaway's um, uh, moment as Catwoman when she starts like screaming for help and then she yeah. and then she sort of like switches Walks away yeah. yeah like calmly like I I I do like her Catwoman um, I said I love her Selena Kyle I'm not a fan of her as Catwoman right because that's her being Selena Kyle I really like how she goes up to uh, you know, that conversation she has with Bruce Wayne about you know that you could all live so large and leave so yes. little for the rest of us is a great great moment yeah. Um, trying to evoke the Michelle Pfeiffer dance uh, right. uh, party moment there. So I, I really enjoy Rises. And uh, and we've talked about the Batman in the previous episode. Um, but I wanted to uh, to talk to you now about uh, about your ranking. Mm. Um, how would you rank these movies? I've written mine down here. Um, but how would you rank these movies in, in terms of, uh, not necessarily the best movie, but in terms of preference? Preference. Yeah. Um, the Batman's still very, very fresh for me, so I'd, I'd need a, a second viewing to really make this a, a thing. But I guess um, from worst to best, um, <laughs> uh, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, right. Batman Returns, Batman. Um, and then I would say, no, wait, then, uh, so Batman Returns and then uh, The Dark Knight Rises, Batman, uh, let's see, then... Uh, the Dark Knight, Batman Begins. So Batman Begins is your number one. Yeah. So mine is... And, the- and the thing is, is that The Batman and Batman Begins are kind of like neck and neck for me at the moment in terms of, you know, just Batman experience. Okay, so um, mine is, is very similar, but slightly different. All right, go on. So I've got... I've written the other two. Right. <laughs> so that's Forever and Robin uh, at the bottom here. Um, cute story. Uh, our mother took me to see Batman and Robin at the Bellevue Cinema in Edgware, and uh, we got to the uh, to the top of the stairs after we'd bought our tickets. And the usher sort of, uh, you know, was supposed to take your tickets and rip them off and let you in. Um, so he looked at us and he said, "Batman and Robin," and without missing a beat, Babs, wonderful Babs, said, 
do we look like Batman and Robin? <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. Yep. <laughs> oh. oh, no. You've never heard that before? That's no, legendary. I've never heard that story. That's legendary. I've never heard that story. Okay, so... Oh. Okay, so we've got, we've got Batman and Robin and Batman Forever at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, returns. Mother, you are hysterical. Yeah. Go on. Returns. Returns, okay. Okay, then Batman. Mm-hmm. Then Rises. Then Begins. And then I've got The Dark Knight and The Batman neck at number one, right. neck and neck. Again, I, I will I will keep going back to Batman Begins over The Dark Knight. Not because I don't enjoy Heath Ledger's performance, but because uh, just tonally the movie shifts from what I from how I like my Batman right. served. So I want to um, just ask you about your um, your favorite elements okay. of certain things. I've okay. written a list here. Best bat symbol. Best bat symbol on the chest. Or just in or general, the or the logo of the movie, just in general. Um, so I guess, I guess it would be the uh, the Batman, uh, the Batman from uh, the Tim Burton Batman, because it's so sort of it's like the most uh, recognizable for me and iconic. And if I were doodling it, I'd be able to doodle that really well. Right. But I really like the functionality of the bat symbol on the chest in the Batman, how he can take it's it out cool. of his yeah. chest and use it as a sort of knife. Right. Which is was really that, cool. I thought that was supposed to be the a gun. Like it was the gun that uh, that killed his parents or something, or was that just a rumor? What, he melted down the gun and turned it into a bat? No, symbol. I thought that that he uh, that he'd sort of broken it apart and like uh, and put it on his chest as like a reminder of his. If uh, that's true, brilliant. But that wasn't in the movie. No, that wasn't in the it, movie. But that was a rumor um, when the uh, when the bat suit was first revealed. So yeah. I, I like that idea. But yeah, yeah he, he takes it off his chest and uses it to sort of cut a right. rope at some point. It's okay. really cool. So I, that's my favorite bat symbol as well as the original uh, 1989 yeah. uh, bat symbol. Um, the your best suit. Best suit. Um, from Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight? It's, uh, okay. from the game. It's, uh, it's my favorite, just, first of all, for several reasons, as a, as a 3D artist, it's extremely difficult to make armor plates slide over each other in such a realistic way. Not only do they do it in the sort of reveal that I described to you in the last episode, um, of, uh, you know, like how he puts it on and all the pieces slide, but those pieces also slide over each other when he's running in gameplay right. as well. And that's extremely hard to do. And it's very functional. And the, one of my favorite things about it is that before you start playing with that bat suit, it does an overview of what all the Wayne tech functionalities are of the suit. And that's really, really, really cool to me. Okay. Nerd. Um, yeah. So my my best suit is uh, from the nineteen eighty nine Batman, but the the Batman suit um, is really cool. Is really cool. I love the cowl. I love the the flat I love nose. The, the um, <coughs> collar that leads yeah. into the cape. The Dracula collar. Yeah, yeah. Um, very cool. Best Batmobile. Oh, um, eighty nine. I think I like um, the look of 89. I don't know. The tumbler's really cool. The tumbler's um, really cool, yeah. The tumbler is actually the I think the uh the inspiration for the Batmobile of of the the Arkham Knight game, which is mm. also to 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 finally be able to have that complete Batman experience of calling the Batmobile to wherever you are and then driving or tearing around the city with the flames coming out of it is a really cool experience. So I I guess 89 just because of how Long, yeah. So I would, cool. I would go one better, and I'd say animated series. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I love that. It's it's very Art Deco. The whole design of that of that show is Art Deco. I really like that. It's really cool. Um, okay, best Bruce Wayne. Ooh, as I said, um, probably a neck and neck between Christian Bale and and I like Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne. I I think I can really answer this properly as his Bruce Wayne progresses in future movies. I'd really love to see character <laughs> development there. I definitely think that that's a yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Uh, I think he's he's my favorite Bruce because they've uh, they've completed his story. And yeah, you can and see he's it as also a whole. like he's also like uh, they they delved into his character in depth. Um, best Batman. Shit. Um, I I guess Robert Pattinson. I'm going to say Pattinson as well. Yeah, I I, I, think I know he that is that's, the purest. Yeah. Um, the most detective-y of yeah, them. Yeah. He is the detective. He's got forensic knowledge. He's he's also extremely physical. There's a way that... The way that he punches guys <laughs> and the way that he uses his environment and the weapons against them and also how he... There's a scene at the end where he crashes through a glass ceiling. Like, you can crash through a glass ceiling or you can crash through a glass yeah. ceiling. And he fucking lands on a guy and it's like this explosion of shards of glass everywhere... Very cool. Like he's a. That's my favorite Batman. I okay. Think. Um. Best Bat voice. Uh. Batman Begins. I think. Okay. Um. I'm gonna say Pattinson. Yeah. Because I like the. Uh, I the like more the, subtle. Tones. It's much more subtle. Yeah. So I guess I'll go with you on that one. Now that you've said <clears> that, <throat> yeah, right. I'll go with you on that one. Pattinson, our bat, our bats. Okay. Best Alfred. That's a hard one. It's um, a very hard one, but I've got mine. I think. Um, I think the Alfred of the animated series is maybe my favorite Alfred um, just because of how he sounds and how he looks and how he uh, engages mm-hmm. with, with Batman. Um, but I guess, uh, I guess we'll see what yours is. Michael, Michael Caine. Oh, Michael Caine. Yep. Absolutely. I think that their relationship is brilliant. Mm. And uh... I did bloody tell you, didn't I? Yeah. It's his accent that throws it off for me though. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that Andy Serkis is... We didn't talk about Andy Serkis in the last episode, but uh, his Alfred is uh, is much more Cockney than... Yeah, uh, it's, uh, whatever. It's probably... All right, Bruce, what are you doing there, love? What What's going love? on? Yeah. Well, yeah, don't don't put those tights on. Yeah. Your best Bat-villain. It's a really tough one. I'm going to need a minute. What's yours? <sighs> I don't know. I think I'm going to have to tie the two Jokers. What, Jack Nicholson and, and, Heath, and Ledger. Heath Ledger? Yeah. But aside from the fact that Are they're, you they're two about completely different... movies or just in general, who's my favorite Bat-villain? I don't know. Uh, you know what? Answer it the way you want to answer it. The Joker is my favorite Bat-villain, as obvious as that sounds. Right. Uh, because everybody's going to say the that. the Mark Hamill uh, iteration? But the Mark Hamill iteration. Okay. All right. That, that's uh, That's good. Um, oh, thank and, you. I'm glad you approve. No, no, no. It's, no, it's a good answer. I'm saying. Thank you. Best Jim Gordon. I saw the signal. No. Uh, the animated series. Okay. Favorite Jim Gordon. Uh, he's very, um, <clears throat> very active, very action oriented. He trusts Batman. You can definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll acknowledge that and say that I agree with you, but. Jeffrey for the Wright. movies, I'm going to give the edge to Jeffrey Wright. I, w- I was going to say, if you even wanted Gary to Oldman, answer the movies. Yeah, even though Gary Oldman is wonderful in everything he does. I mean, uh, there's that meme 
that uh, that says uh, you know imagine that um, you know you went about your day and you you know you had your coffee in the morning blah 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 and then you uh, and then somebody yelled cut and you were Gary Oldman playing a role the entire time that's <laughs> yeah. how good of an actor he is yeah so yeah that's uh, I I agree I think he's a great Jim Gordon. But the edge has to go to Jeffrey Wright. I think that they're a great duo, the two of them. Yeah, they have a really good one-two <clears throat> sort of thing going on there. And I, I want to see that relationship explored. And I'm sure that the answer will change as time goes by. Right. And there's the one more here. <laughs> uh, ju- just uh, one more thing before you uh, before you move on. Is that the reason that I really like the animated series um, Jim Gordon so much is because um, Batman actually calls him Jim. Right. There's a there's an acknowledgement of first name like like he's friends with him. He doesn't say right. you know commissioner or anything like that. He's like uh, you know he uh, Jim Gordon in, in the Laughing Fish says to him uh, you know do you think he's gone for good this time? And he says believe me Jim I wish it were true, but deep inside I doubt it. It's the way he says believe right. me Jim I wish it were true. It's a very sort of personal relationship that they have, even oh. though he doesn't know who he is, but I think he does. Go on. Okay, so the final one is best parents death scene. Because it has been realized at least three or four times in film. At least six. More? Uh, In film and in animated series. So, so, okay. So, let's go through it. Animated series. Yeah, we've seen that several times in different episodes. We've seen it in... Batman. Batman. um, Forever. Batman Forever. Begins. Yeah. And Batman v Superman. Yeah, and also we've seen it in uh, the... uh, What's it called? Year one adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that we saw a hint of it in the Killing Joke. If I'm not in the Killing Joke, in, Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, no, it's not in Mask of the Phantasm. But there's one where we see the parents' death in in one of the animated movies. In one of the animated movies that came out, we definitely saw mm-hmm. the parents' death again. There's at least seven, at least. Right. Okay. Um, and also, that's not counting the scarecrow sequence in the games where, you know, you basically play through it. Like, uh, you get gassed mm-hmm. um, and uh, you turn into a young Bruce Wayne walking through the asylum hallways. And as you walk down this never-ending hallway, it becomes the alleyway. Becomes the alleyway right. And he sort of collapses on the ground next to their bodies. And there's <clears> a very sort of traumatic sequence where you walk into a morgue and their bodies come out right. of body bags. They're like, you didn't save us, Bruce. It's really traumatic. Like, great adaptation of that. My my favorite one from movies and whatnot. I guess Batman Begins. Uh, even though there's like the whole very long. I don't like the kids um, acting at all. Mm-hmm. The young Bruce Wayne. Okay. But I do love how Thomas Wayne handles the situation. How he's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's all right. He's trying to defuse the situation, but it and it looks like maybe it's going to end fine because he's so calm. Right. But he dies anyway. So, um, so the, I, I, I have, I'm conflicted on this one because I really love the, uh, the sequence in Batman in 1989. Yeah. Because it's so operatic yeah. and it's uh, slow-mo and it's very comic booky and very dark. Um, but, but I don't like the fact that, um, that Jack Napier is the, yeah, uh, is the one that kills it. It always the... bugged me. I mean, I've accepted it because, you know, I grew up on that. It wasn't really an issue for me when I was growing up or whatever. Um, but, uh, but it kind of, you know, I, I guess it kind of makes the stakes more personal, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it can exist in its own bubble. Um, but that's, that would be the only thing that, uh, that sort of ruins it for me. The, uh, the thing with begins is that it's the polar opposite of that sequence in that it's much more realistic. Yeah. And it doesn't have that, um, that slow sort of motion, slow-mo operatic. And Zack Snyder's version of it is too It's operatic. way overdone. Everything's slow-mo in Zack Snyder's movies. 
Um, I, I like the justification of why they're in the alleyway in Batman Begins. I think it's really it's really well done. You know, Bruce got scared, and you know the 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 theme of fear of bats kind of permeating yeah. through the entire uh, movie. Um, I wished that at some point somebody would have done a version of that sequence where they're actually coming out of the Mark of Zorro. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, that that's uh, it's, I think it's between they are those in two. the Zack Snyder one. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not sure. But anyway, I, it's between those two. Anyway. Um, anyway. So th- those are the rankings. Yeah. Um, side, you want to talk a little bit about uh, video games? Yeah, so I'm not going to wax too lyrical about this. I'm not going to go on for a, for a very long time about it. But there are several elements about Batman that have to... And I feel about um, uh, superheroes when they're adapted into video games that you have to understand, just like in movies, where there are core elements. Or if you hit those on the head, you've got yourself a, a hit. And when you when you look at the history of, of Batman video games, and you had Batman Returns on the Sega Master, Master System, System too, yeah, yeah. Um, do, do you what do you want to say? Do you want to say anything about that? Do you remember that at all? Oh, it like was it's... a side scroll game. It was very primitive. Um, you know, if if you think about, I, I don't know anybody if anybody's out there who used to who used to play on Sega Master System, um, but there were there were games like Alex Kidd, yeah, and uh, the Jungle Book and Prince of Persia, Prince of Persia. They Sonic. were all very side scroll Sonic, um, and Batman Returns wasn't particularly um, uh, inspired. Yeah, so for the majority of that whole period, up until 3D games started uh, becoming more. Um, commonplace most of the batman games were all side-scrolling beat-em-up affairs there was an animated series um adaptation uh or game that was set in the animated series universe which i think was on the super i'm not sure super nes or it was it was on something um on the snes or the or the sega something i'm not sure but there was it, it looked exactly like the animated series and it was really really cool um uh, mega that, drive. Was, that was also i don't think it was it may have been the mega drive but it looked really cool and 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 it was um it, it was also a side-scrolling beat-em-up whatever uh but then they released uh batman vengeance which was i think um you know the first one that sort of allowed you to be in first person and use batman's gadgets from a first person point of view in certain sections um and uh and 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 it was only in batman begins right the the video game they they introduced the fact i think it was made by the same guys who made the burnout series which is a racing car uh sort of uh, game um and so they they did the batmobile sequences they had a fear mechanic where you know if you scared the enemies more then you could you know take them down easier or whatever that that's really cool but it still sort of fell flat it was a movie tie-in that didn't go very well and then batman arkham asylum comes out and here you've got this kind of diehard thing where you're you're locked in the asylum with these bad guys and they're locked up with me sort of thing and it's not just one man damn it it's, it's sorrow. sorrow but there's like a, there, there are several mechanics here that really really work you've got the grappling hook you've got the gliding cape you've got you've got stealth you've got this thing where you can hide in the rafters and swoop down and pull them up and take them down one by one and the more enemies start realizing that they're being picked off you can see their heart rate you can see their fear levels when you use the cowl's sort of um x-ray vision as it were detective mode it's called um and so it really put a very strong emphasis on not only paul dini's story mark hamill and kevin conroy returning to voice the characters but it really put together this wonderful 
amalgamation of the things that make Batman, the, the, the combat system is you feeling like this martial arts master being able to engage like 10 guys at once. Then there was Batman Arkham City and Arkham Knight. They both get, and they both iterated on that, culminating in Batman Arkham Knight, which had, you know, this awesome Batmobile sort of thing. So what I wanted to say about the Batman video games is that um, there was a long time, and I feel like this connects to the movie's trajectory as well. There was a long, long time where developers didn't get it. Like, they didn't know what the mix was, right? And now I feel, in recent years, the same thing is true about you know, Spider-Man, and, and and maybe one day we'll get a decent Superman game. Um, oh, dear Lord. Well, I mean, you know, there are ways to do it, I think. Um, there are ways to do it, but I've but what, what's what's been yeah. is, is pretty awful. Yeah. I mean, listen, Superman Returns had the potential to be amazing just from the massive city and how the city's health was Superman's health bar is a great idea. If it had only been executed better and there was more stuff to do in this massive city and, you know, it wasn't shite, would have been would have been wonderful. Um, but anyway, um, as, as someone who knows exactly how hard it is to make a game, I try not to, but it was shite. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm just saying that with Batman video games, there was a long time where they didn't know what those ingredients were, and now they do. And there's a game coming out called Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which is where you're actually now playing as... It, the tagline is, don't be a hero. And I'm really interested to see how it turns it on its head and you're now pitted against these heroes. I'm really interested to see that, so... Uh, that was all I had to say about video games. I know that there's not much for you to say because you haven't really played the the video games, and that they interest no, you I, a little less. But I, but I have seen um, some of the cutscenes. I've seen some of the gameplay. Yeah. Again, more or less, what the Batman does is like distilling all of that good stuff from the graphic yeah. novels that you don't normally see represented in uh, in in audio visual mediums yeah. uh, such as animation or uh, or um, or movies. Or, or TV going as far as it possibly can in terms of the horror, in terms of the you know the um, uh, the darkness and and the it's the very dark, tortured very psyche, gritty. you know, and and that's that you know that's what you want to see as a Batman fan, I think. Yeah, um, and especially if you're if you're someone who enjoys playing video games and you you want to feel like there's always that that selling. What is a game doing? It's selling you a fantasy, much like a movie is. When a game sells you a fantasy and it does it right. And also those detective elements, like as the yeah. games went on, you were able to reconstruct crime scenes using his detective vision and sort of piecing together, you know, and scrubbing through the footage and, you know, finding clues and then putting more footage together. That's that's a really simple but very effective and immersive mechanic. So I, I just, um, if you haven't played the Arkham games, I really recommend that you try it out. If you're a gamer and you, you know, you like Batman, um shame if you don't it's a shame if you not that sounded like i'm blaming you it's a shame if you don't check those out i want to pay a quick visit to trivia corner before we wrap this up mm -hmm. so uh i'm gonna choose one piece of trivia from each batman movie uh from the four pages of notes i have here oh, man. um and uh and and we'll see if there's anything here that you didn't know so join me in trivia trivia corner, corner. so i don't know if you knew this but uh <laughs> Robin Williams was offered the role of Joker when Jack Nicholson hesitated. He had even accepted the role when producers approached Nicholson again and told him Williams would take the part if he did not. Mm. 
which is a bit of a shitty move. That's a bit of a dick move. Nicholson took the role and Williams was released. Williams resented being used as bait and not only refused to play Riddler in Batman Forever, but also refused to be involved in any Warner Brothers productions until the studio apologized. Yeah, I heard that. Shortly after completing the film, Tim Burton said, I like parts of it, but the whole movie is mainly boring to me. It's okay, but it was more of a cultural phenomenon than a great movie. He also wasn't enthusiastic about how Prince's songs were used in the film. And as time has distanced him from the stressful production of the film, he's become more favorable of it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, And another little tidbit was that Michael Keaton came up with the famous I'm Batman line. The line in the script was, I am the knight. I'm the knight. Yeah. Uh, Batman Returns. In an interview for television, Stan Winston told a little anecdote about how his crew was collecting the mechanical penguins after a day's shoot (laughs) and found one of the live penguins snuggled up asleep against a mechanical one. That's very cute. That's adorable. Yeah, that sounds like the end of that sounds like the end of a news show. Oh, Oh, isn't that great? (laughs) That's the kind of thing we like to see here on the morning show. Yeah. Um, According to casting director Marion Doherty, uh, or Doherty. Uh, Tim Burton was reportedly uncomfortable with casting Christopher Walken as Max Shrek when she asked him why he said because that man scares the hell out of me (laughs) however the decision must have ultimately grown on Burton as Walken was cast again in Sleepy Hollow he was also cast to play Brainiac in the aborted aborted Superman Lives project nice yep Uh, forever Jim Carrey's original idea to shave a question mark into his scalp had to be scratched as he was due in court to finalize his divorce I heard that one too yep uh, the film marks the first appearance of, Mar- of Arkham Asylum in a live-action Batman film. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to go into the uh, whole thing about the nipples, no. do I? No. Um, but that uh, Schumacher wanted it to uh, to look like the statues of the ancient gods yep. of Greece. Batman and Robin. Uh, most of the scenes with Batgirl were cut because Alicia Silverstone had gained a few pounds during production and the wardrobe team had to refit her costume. Uh, when the press discovered the news, they slammed Silverstone's weight gain and mocked the actress for being too fat to fit in her costume. Oh, Director horrible. Joel Schumacher pu- publicly defended Silverstone during interviews and press meetings, joking, what is this girl's big sin, that she ate some pizza? When the taunting continued, Schumacher lashed out at the reporters that taunted her. He said in a magazine interview, it was horrible. I thought it was very cruel. She was a teenager who gained a few pounds, like all of us do at certain times. I would confront female journalists and I'd say, with so many young people suffering from anorexia and bulimia, why are you crucifying this girl? I remember that. That is horrific. Yeah, I didn't I know about that. George Clooney has been known to refund people who saw this film. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mr. Freeze says 27 ice puns throughout the movie. Oh dear. Uh, Kevin Feige, the president of Marvel Marvel Studio, Marvel. Marvel. Yes. Kevin Feige, the president of Marvel Studios, has called Batman and Robin the most important comic book movie ever made because its catastrophic failure uh, forced major comic book uh, companies and film studios to rethink how they presented comic book based media. Mm -hmm. Uh, Batman Begins. When Christian Bale and and Liam Neeson were fighting on the frozen lake, they could hear the ice cracking beneath their feet. The next (laughs) day, the lake had completely melted. Yeah. Oh, my God. The language used by Ken uh, Watanabe is neither Japanese nor Tibetan, nor, in fact, any known language at all. It's supposedly some gibberish he said he he made up himself for the role, though the subtitles list it as Urdu. Okay. Uh, Christian Bale uh, got headaches from the cowl and we would use them to get into character. He says they made him fierce and impatient. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, the Dark Knight. Uh, oh, here's a good one. When filming in Chicago, Wanted was the neighboring uh, production. Morgan Freeman worked concurrently on both movies. At one point, Wanted comic book writer Mark Miller visited the set. 
but without permission. Oh. The security and Lauren Shula Donna, who visited the set at the time, caught Miller sitting on the bat pod. <laughs> Miller was escorted away from set. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, baller. Yeah, The Dark Knight Rises. Anne Hathaway has revealed that during her audition, she thought she was auditioning for the Joker's on-again, off-again girlfriend-slash-partner-in-crime Harley Quinn. Mm. It was only after she had a discussion with Christopher Nolan that she found out she was auditioning for Catwoman. Now, apparently, she has a Harley Quinn voice, and she refuses to do it, which is really mean, because I would love to have heard that. Uh, in 2019, Christian Bale revealed that sometime after the third film was released, Warner Brothers approached him to make a fourth film. Although he said he would, obvi- although he said he would be delighted, he would only accept if Christopher Nolan was involved as director. Obviously, as Nolan had closed off the trilogy, he rejected the offer, and the project wasn't continued. Cool. Is an interesting little tidbit. In 2017, during his inauguration speech, former U.S. President Donald Trump quoted part of Bain's Blackgate prison speech. He quoted the line, To you, the people. This caused much amusement as several people compared his political agenda for the United States as that of Bain's Gotham. It was ill-advised, um, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And this last little bit of trivia uh, I've already mentioned, it's that Michael Caine has categorically um, confirmed that the ending of Dark Knight Rises is completely and utterly unambiguous and the people are reading too much into it. That Indeed. was Trivia, trivia Corner. Corner. Wow. That was quick. What a long episode. <laughs> a very long episode. Uh, thank you very much for sticking with us. We hope that you enjoyed this delving deeply. Who are you deeply. talking to? Anyone who was listening died of old age before we got to the end of this one. <laughs> um, we hope uh, that you enjoyed this uh, deep dive into uh, everything and anything Batman. Batman. Um, and obviously there's way too much to cover in one episode. Um, there's uh, there's so much more out there. Um, and if you couldn't tell before, we love our Batman. Mm, we do like us some Batman, don't we, Jonner? Yep. Uh, we have yet to decide what we're doing next week. Um, but... Uh, if you want to give us, uh, leave us a comment. Uh, maybe we'll do a poll that I will lock this time. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Join us again. Thank you very much for Thank joining much. us. Bye. Bye. What's our seat number? 